Well, thank you for the welcome, and it's lovely to be with you this morning. And as we turn to God's Word in just a few moments, I want to uh, just say thank you for the support and prayer and financial giving that you give to us uh, throughout the course of each year. And may the Lord bless you as a fellowship as we seek to serve the Lord together. We're a team. And as you pray for us and others as they go out, we too pray that the Lord will use you for his glory amongst those people that you too come in contact with day by day. And just to help you to pray for us um, in the coming months, I just would like to share one or two prayer points and encouragements that how God is just uh, opening up opportunities and giving opportunities within the settings within our schools. Um, Last year, just before in the summer term, um, I was teaching the New Testament. And it's amazing to see how God is at work. And as we were teaching the New Testament and teaching about um, the Lord Jesus and his life, his birth, his life, his death and his resurrection. And we were teaching about the Lord Jesus um, where he withdrew, where he had to withdraw from Jerusalem because of the religious people, the religious leaders who did not like the Lord Jesus, but they wanted to stone him to death. And we're teaching this as Jesus went into Jerusalem and he knew that the religious leaders did not like him and he withdrew and he went over into Perea. And he went into Perea to count the cost of life and what it would cost him in order for us to have life in heaven. And as we were teaching that, there were two children in two different classes in two different schools. And they put up their hand and they said, but sir, that isn't fair. That the religious leaders wanted to kill Jesus. And I turned to both of those children and I said to them, I agree. Well, you should have seen the responses on their faces as the teachers and the other children. They were surprised that I replied like that. But that gave the opportunity to talk about what religion is and what a relationship through faith in Christ is. That religion is just a whole list of rules and regulations that if I do that, then I can't do that. And if I do that, I'm in trouble with that. And if I get into trouble there, then you're working your way. But knowing Christ as Savior, we won't want to hurt anybody. But show love and compassion one to the other. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. Was give his life for us because of his love and his compassion. Of wanting us to be in heaven with him. That if we only come to Calvary and acknowledge our sinfulness before a holy God. And ask for his forgiveness through repentance. We can be with him in heaven.
And I would ask you to pray that as we begin this school year, it has already begun. And I would ask you to pray for God to come and to presence himself in each of these lessons. That up and down this land and this nation that we live in, that God would visit them as we open up God's word and teach it to our children who are being distorted by all the, the lies, if you like, that are being taught to our young children. And ask God that his word will prevail above all. And that through it Christ will be glorified. It's quite interesting when you go into a classroom. And you can sense. The Christian input. Within some of our schools. Then you go into other schools and you can sense. The antagonism. That is there. Will you pray with us? Or will you pray for us? And pray that together we would see a work done for God. I'd ask you to pray that God would lead us into many opportunities. I'm in discussions with Horwich Parish Church of England School just up the road here. And I'm hoping to be going in there after half term, which we still have to finalize the days, and I'm struggling to get. When I'm able to go, she can't meet me and all that. Just just pray that God would overrule in that. Whether it's after half term or whether it's later in the year, just really pray that God would come and that God would move. We'd value prayer. That as we mix with people, I'm involved in a biker's breakfast monthly. And what a privilege that is to get along some of these bikers as we hand out breakfast, maybe 60, 70, 80, 100 breakfasts on, a Saturday, on the last Saturday of every month. And go and get a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or a breakfast and sit down and engage in conversation, seeking to share the gospel with them. And some of these men are troubled. Let me just share one or two other things before we look at God's word and I know time is going. Since pandemic, I took a job working on a farm and I'm still taking two days a week working on a farm. During that time, last year, I've had the privilege of giving one of the men who came in to lay concrete on that farm a Bible through sharing the gospel through working on that farm is helping me to get alongside some of these bikers and share the word of God. Just the other week um, in our house at home our garage door is not great. In the summertime you can just see the sun shining through the door. And in the winter you can feel the cold breeze coming in. But the gentleman that we 
invited to come and price it up. My sister-in-law is moving back from Canada. Linda's sister, she's moving back to England in a month's time. And she's just bought a house and we were looking at the two garage doors. And I went with him to the other house. And on our way back, we were chatting. And an opportunity came to share the gospel with him. Pray for Ian. Pray that he'll come to the kingdom, to the Lord, very, very soon. Gave him some gospel tracts and I said to him, have you got a Bible? And he said, no. I said, would you like one? He said, I would. And he said to me, you know, he said, these leaflets, I'm going away this weekend with my daughter. She's only 13 and I'm going to read them with her. And I said to him, would you like a Bible for your daughter? And he said, you know, I would. Just pray over the next week or so when I meet him. Maybe the joy will be to lead him to Christ because he's, he is searching. Friends, these are unexpected opportunities. And can I challenge you this morning that if you know and love the Lord Jesus as your Savior, are you ready for the unexpected opportunities to people that may come into your home to do a job? Or over the counter in the shop as you're buying your groceries? Or out for a walk if you have a dog? Are we asking God for opportunities to share the gospel? Because people out there are looking for the answers and crying out for help. As you pray for us, we'll pray for you. That we're in it together. Because the Lord's return is near. And it's never more near than it is at the moment. As we look around and see prophecy being fulfilled in our world today. Be encouraged. God is at work. And God is is moving. And for Linda, she's involved in 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 ladies' ministry. And just as we serve the Lord together, as we work together in the in, for the sake of the gospel, for our God. Thank you. We're going to turn to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter eleven. And I want to thank thank Eric this morning for leading. Uh, our service this morning for choosing the hymns. He asked me earlier in the week, what was my theme? And I said to him, seek the Lord. I'm not a one for giving away my theme. Sometimes it's not that I just don't know early enough. But I want to allow God's work to be done in his way. And for God to prepare his people to hear his word. Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to read from verse 23 through to verse 29. The faith of Moses. I'm reading from the New King James. Please follow in whatever version you have with you this morning. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 23. By faith, Moses 
when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. And they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure, pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea, as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, were drowned. Amen. And we trust the public reading of God's word will speak into our hearts. Let us bow for a short prayer. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that your word is truth. It is living and it is powerful. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can be found in your house this morning, worshipping the King of kings and Lord of lords, being able to open your word and to read it, read it openly. And Lord, as we have read together, Lord, come and speak to both hearer and preacher alike. We would hear the voice of Jesus. Lord, that we would be encouraged, challenged, and built up and drawn closer to you as we spend time in your presence. Lord, as that hymn that we sang just before I came up, speak, O Lord. Speak to us, we pray. Help us, dear Lord, not just to be hearers, but to help us to respond and do what you might say to us today. Have your way, we pray, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We could spend quite a bit of time in this chapter, couldn't we? The chapter of faith that is well known to, to most Christians. And it is by faith that Moses lived, and we know that he was born in the country of Egypt uh, almost 400 years after Joseph going to Egypt uh, as a slave. And Moses born into that, that Jewish family there in the, in, in, in the land of Egypt, and Pharaoh making that law that all boys under the age of two must be killed. And what a challenge! And an upset that must have been to many a family. But Amran and Jochebed, because they not only loved the child, but because of God's laws, they knew that it was wrong to take away life. They put him into a basket by faith, covered him up and gave it to Miriam and sent him down to the uh, down to the river Nile and hid him amongst the bulrushes. And she went and hid and watched what was going to happen. 
And Pharaoh's daughter found him as we know the account. Miriam went and got her mom who was accepted to look after her own son. Not knowing by Pharaoh's daughter that she was the mother of the child. And how we can see the hand of God from his very young age being upon upon him. Because God had a plan and a purpose for his life. And God has a plan for each of our lives. And many of us have gone through the years following in obedience to his plan. But yet that plan is not finished. Because we are still here. And Moses grew up in the palace. And his mum, in those early first five years, taught him about the God of heaven, the great creator, and the importance of listening and trusting and following him. And he learned from a very young age to trust the Lord. But we know the account as he grew up and the Egyptian uh, hurting an uh, an Israelite and and Moses then uh, killing the Egyptian flew for his life because of what Pharaoh may do if he found out of what Moses did to an Egyptian. But he chose to be amongst his own people and forsake the pleasures of of the palace. And as we look at this chapter of, uh, 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 of Hebrews chapter 11, we see that uh, most like us, um, Moses, like most of us in his, in his struggles, not many are called upon to build an ark. And there we have the, the account of Noah. Won't have to hide spies on our roofs, like Rahab. God not starting a nation with us, with you, with me, and Abraham. But each of these people were asked to do something that was difficult, but they were trusting. They were trusting because it was in obedience to God. But the, choices, but the choices made by Moses are real to all of us. They are real to all of us. Noah had to build the ark in order to save the animals and, and life. Rahab had to hide the spies because they were sent out to spy the land to take a report home to Joshua. And Abraham became the father of many, many nations. But what about Moses? And what Moses' faith caused him to refuse. As Moses grew up, I'm sure he thought much about his mom in those very, very early years, caring for him and teaching him about the God of heaven yet being in the palace with everything that this world had to offer. And there in Exodus chapter 2 and verses 2 verse 1 through to 10, we have the account of, of Moses um, there in, in Egypt, and, but Moses born. 
And a man of the house of Levi went and took it as a wife, a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when, he, when she saw that he was beaut- a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him and daubed it with asphalt and pitch and put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And you can read the account of it there. But the faith of his parents and Moses' parents believed and trusted in the God of heaven and that rubbed off onto onto Moses making him realize that he too needed to have faith in the God of heaven. And friends, this morning as we think about this and the faith of Moses' parents putting him into a basket and trusting God to protect him and look after him, how strong is your faith this morning? Do you hold back because of the fear of man? Or do you step out in faith to share the love of Christ to someone in the fear of God and failing to do that? Moses' faith, when he was come to years, met him stand. And it was all because of the faithful witness of Moses' mother. Moses arrives at a commitment himself. He saw Christ in his mother. It had never left him, but he came to a place where he had to make a commitment of his own because the faith of our parents is not enough for us as an individual to get to heaven. Why? Because it is personal. It is individual. And when he was come to years, similar to when Peter was come to himself, knocking on the door, and Rhoda answering when he when the when he when he was allowed to get out of prison because of the prayer of God's people, and he stood and knocked at the door, and Rhoda came and answered the door. But what did she do? She found it hard to believe. And she shut the door, and she went back to the people and told them, you'll never guess. And they didn't believe her until they came and saw it for themselves. We cannot depend on the faith of our parents. And this decision made him refuse a position. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He didn't want the rank, the power, the honor, the title. He did not want any of that. But he wanted to follow the God of heaven. Why? 
because of the promises that, that he read and was taught and, and learned about, the promise of God that he, one day he would send a Savior into the world. He didn't want the things that people work in a lifetime to achieve status. But this decision made him refuse certain pleasures. This decision made him refuse certain treasures. Little that Moses could not have had there in Egypt the philosophy to live for a moment. He had the opportunity for the mighty treasures of Egypt. What some men live for. And so, friends, this morning, in life, what have you lived for? What is the purpose of your life? But what Moses' faith made him choose. It made him refuse what this world had to offer, but it made him choose. And so what did it make him choose? He chose to be identified with a despised people. Friends, we're coming to a day and age in our nation, in our United Kingdom, that we are looked on as despised people. And you can see that when you look at them, at, at, at our governments and the rules that they're passing, trying to take out the reading of God's Word, the teaching of it within our schools, and making it more difficult. My father-in-law, who is dead now for over 20 years, said to me, and I've never forgotten it. To walk with Christ, you must prepare to walk alone. Are you prepared to walk alone for the sake of our God in heaven and what he did on the cross? So that we could have eternal life with him. Moses here was prepared to walk alone. We could look at another man, Joshua. And God took him into places where he was alone. Preparing him for responsibilities and a leadership that, would, that he would have to be alone in order to be able to lead the people. And as a believer this morning, we might feel alone physically, but we're not alone when we've got God. And that's why we need to pray that God would come and be with us. And presence himself with us all of the time. And to be ready to avail of those unexpected opportunities to tell of Christ.
let me tell you about a chap on the farm a couple of years ago. Jim, the farmer, he said to me, they had a big hen house and one of the bearings had gone in the muck bills. And you know when you're in the muck, in the hot weather, I'm not sure whether you're familiar with this or not, but you get a lot of flies and a lot of, a lot of everything you don't want to. And he asked me, would I go down and help him? And I said, no problem. And down I went and we were sitting on the concrete on the floor of the shed with our legs dangling where this muck belt was, where the bearings were. And this mechanic who had come in to help repair it, and I was helping him, and the flies were buzzing about, but they were all going for him and not for me. Why that was, I don't know. But I turned to him and I said, well, somebody's put on the wrong deodorant this morning. And he looked at me and he took the Lord's name in vain blaspheming. But I looked back at him and I said, oh, I see you know my friend. Mm. And we began to talk about the Lord Jesus and share the gospel. And that man over the last couple of years comes into the yard every now and again. And earlier this year, he was coming in and we were working on scrapers for the dairy cows for cleaning the, 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 the passageways where the cows work. And of course, well, it's more muck, isn't it? And I was asked to go down and help him. And I went down to help him and I went down and I said, well, how are you doing? Robert, how are you doing? Pray for Robert, by the way. And he looked at me and he stood with his chest out and he looked at me and he says, oh, he says, not too bad, nothing that a hundred thousand wouldn't solve. And I looked him back straight in the eye and I said, Robert, I'm praying for you. And that's all that was said that day. But he knows. And we need to pray for him. Friends, are we prepared to speak for Christ when people blaspheme. Many, many years ago when I was at home on the farm before the Lord called me to leave the farm a, a sales rep came into the yard and my dad wasn't there and he was trying to tell me to, to sell me insurance. So I listened to everything he had to say. And when he was finished, I said, can I tell you about assurance? And I started to share the gospel. Friends, we need to take opportunities because people are seeking and searching for truth. And Moses' faith made him choose because he chose to be identified with a despised people. The Israelites, yes, their rightful position. They were taken out of Israel into Egypt. They were now put into slavery. It was difficult for them. Moses was raised up to lead the people. 
And Joseph, when he was sold as a slave, ended up in Egypt, but he had a challenging time, didn't he? He was lied about, he ended up in prison, but he remained faithful to God all of the time, and he became prime minister in the, in the land of Egypt. And now they are slaves, they're despised, they're, they're looked down upon. And some do not come to Christ because they don't want to be identified as Christians. Friends, this morning I find this hard. That why is that? Because Christian, the word Christian, is taken out of all proportion. We need to live as true born-again Christians, believers, with a mark of God upon our lives that will cause others to see Christ in us. And friends, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. He chose the reproach of Christ. And what a strange statement about someone who lived 1,500 years before Christ. Why? Because they were depending and trusting on the promises that God had given in the Garden of Eden to Adam and Eve of one day that he would send the Savior. They were looking towards the promised one coming. Today we look back at the promised one who came, who was promised to come again. And he is coming. He is coming. My son was reading something about, oh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but they were putting a time on it. And I turned to my son and I said, don't believe it. Do you know why? Because how many times and dates has been put on the return of Christ and we're still here. Scripture teaches us the day is coming, but we do know the day or the hour that he will return. But we must be ready. We must be ready. And we've got to be active. They were looking forward to his coming. Moses identified himself with the coming Messiah. Many today flee from, the repro- from reproach today. How loosely they use his name in profanity, blasphemous, obscene language. And we've touched a little bit on that already. He died publicly for you on the cross. And will you not walk down the aisle and go into the waters of baptism and witness for him if you know and love the Lord Jesus as your Savior? Maybe you're here this morning. You have been to Calvary. But maybe your walk with God is not what it should. 
Friends, this morning there's no way to get that right only by coming back to Calvary and asking God to forgive you for not walking as you should and allow him to help you day by day. You see, Moses' faith made him choose. Choose the things of God. What Moses' faith caused him to refuse, what Moses' faith made him choose, but Moses' faith made him choose. What did it make him choose? He saw a reward beyond this life. A reward beyond this life he had to respect. He, he had respect to, to recompense of reward. Make amends for, for all that had to come. As Dr. Van Havner said, Moses chose the imperishable, saw the invisible, and did the impossible. I'll read that again. Dr. Vance Havner said, Moses chose the imperishable, saw the invisible, and did the impossible. When you look at the life of Moses, the life of Joshua, and the life of Rahab, two have more in common than the one but those three people have one thing in common. They saw God, but in order for God to fulfill what he was asking them to do, they had to do something. Moses, with his rod, held it over the Red Sea, and the waters parted. But Moses had to show God that he was trusting him. Joshua had to cause the four people carrying the tabernacle walk into the Jordan River and the waters parted. Joshua had to ask them to walk into the Jordan River to show that he was trusting God to do it. Rahab saw God in the two spies. And she had to... hang the scarlet rope out the window, showing God that she was trusting in him to bring her through God, giving the Israelites the city of Jericho. Friends, this morning, what is God asking you to do in order to do what he wants you to do? Do you understand that? Sometimes that is to open our mouth trusting God to give us the words to speak to someone of Christ. God has promised to equip for the task that he put us into. Step out in faith and trust him. That's what Moses had to do. Moses' faith enabled him to face Pharaoh unafraid and to trust God to deal with the enemy. The endurance of Moses was not a natural gift, 
For by nature Moses was hesitant and retiring. And this endurance and courage came as the reward of his faith. The faith of Moses was rewarded with deliverance for him and his people. Faith brings us out, Hebrews 11 and verse 28, takes us through, verse 29, and brings us in, verse 30. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were enriched for seven days. Moses left the palace and never went back to the old life. He identified with the Jewish slaves. Men and women of faith often have to, fe- have to bear reproach and suffering. And the apostles suffered for their faith also. Friends, this morning, are you taking a stand for Christ? What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and yet lose his own soul? We've come into this world with nothing. We leave with nothing. But in knowing Christ, we go to a home that he has prepared for us. And for you, if you know Christ the Savior. How right he was Egypt was later in ruins, but Moses' name lives on. He saw the Lord, and seeing him who is invisible, as Peter did, whom having not seen, ye love. 1 Peter 1 and verse 8 says. Moses is going to need that presence in the future. So are we. But the invisible one carried him through. Friends, this morning, have you come to years of trusting and letting him carry you through? What has your your faith made you refuse and choose? When we trust God, we get what God can do. But when we trust ourselves, we get only what people can do. The experience of Moses is proof that the true biblical faith means obeying God in spite of circumstances and in spite of consequences. Friends, this morning, trust him. Step out in faith and don't be afraid to talk about your God the God of heaven. Let's bow in a moment of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you that your word is truth. It is living and powerful. Lord, we pray that you would, Lord, just strengthen and encourage us to help us to stand for you. Lord, that if we're weak and fearful in our faith today, help us to launch out and trust you and to rekindle that relationship in a deeper way. That our lives 
would speak of Christ through our actions, our reactions, the words we speak, we speak, the places we go, the things we do. May they have the mark of God pointing others to Jesus. So be with us, we pray, and help us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.